I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens around it. Like through it, probably. Marriage. Yes. If you're lucky, at least some of us would say. Well, I mean, if that's your jam, if that's what you want. Yeah. Marriage involves compromise and learning how to deal with other people who have different ways of being. Yep. And, and you know, that's each other and, and your children, of course. Well, yes. And I mean, that's kind of how all relationships go. But the other day, number two was taking some food up to his room. Mm-hmm. And I said, he'd better remember to bring all of those dishes down, thinking, ugh, kids are nasty. Right. You said, he needs to bring those back down here. Yes. When he's done, he needs to remember to bring all that back down. Mm-hmm. Because having food, kids having food in their rooms has been a struggle for us for a few years. And we've alternately banned it and then said, you know, well, we can try it. And if you don't make problems, then we'll allow it. And then they make problems. And so we ban it again. And it's been sort of this off and on thing for since we've moved into this house and even before. No, I never let them have food in their room before. It's just that number three does it anyway, okay? And then I had to actually make a ban and say take away their phones because we kept finding so much garbage in that child's room. Yeah. With with number two, I, I know better. Mm-hmm. He can't have things that he's going to make a mess with because he will make a mess. Yeah. And so he is allowed to bring certain things to his room sometimes now. Yeah. With the caveat that if you make a mess, I will say no the next X amount of times. Right. You know, so yeah. And so off he goes with a bowl of chips. And I, you know, just thinking kids are nasty and I hate having to chase after them with food in their rooms because number three is always terrible about it. And I'm just thinking, oh, there they go again. Mm -hmm. And then you pointed out to me some moments later that you felt offended by that. Yes. I I remembered to communicate with you how I was feeling. (laughs) And I said, I don't like that. You said he needs to bring those bowls back down because I think you ought to pay attention to what number three child is doing with that pigsty they have because I do keep after number two child. Yes. And that's the thing. When I was thinking of number two, I was also thinking of number three. And I was thinking of just kids are nasty and it's just one more thing to be managed. Mm -hmm. But you were taking it as you need to make sure that I was telling you. Yes, I took it as a thing I needed to do. And I have plenty of things to do with that child. (laughs) And I already knew I had to take care of it. Meanwhile, I I was just expressing my general frustration with kids being nasty. Right. And so I realized that a day or two after you expressed to me, which took a day or two after I had said it, this is like a week-long process of us figuring out how to communicate with one another, even after a decade of marriage. We're getting better. We are getting better. Yes. But, you know, it's like figuring out what to communicate about. What is the thing here? Because for me, and I don't know how much of this is my autism and how much of this is just the way that I exist in the world, I don't do subtext very well. Mm -hmm. I, if I say something to you, what I mean is exactly what I said. And the words that came out of my mouth don't intend to convey any additional meaning. Sometimes I say things wrong, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I don't intend any additional layers of meaning. Right. So if I say, 
kid better bring things back. All I'm saying is kid better bring things back, not you better make kid bring things back. How else do you think it's going to happen? I'm just wondering. Well, two years ago, I would have told them to. Yeah, they wouldn't have listened anyway. So then what? (laughs) And then after we had had this conversation over, you know, five or six days, then we're sitting here talking about that and about some other things. And I'm fussing about a hangnail that didn't come off smoothly. And it's... You're chewing on your fingers. I am. Yes. And you said... Do you need a nail clipper? Do you need a cuticle clipper? Should I find you a nail file? And I'm thinking, no, I'm good how I am. (laughs) (laughs) I was not good how you were. Again, make the actual words. Not only do you say what you mean, but I (laughs) I need to mean, I need to say what I mean. Yes. Which is stop that. Use a different approach, please. I am distracted by your approach. Please do something else. Yes. And this is something that I had just had a discussion with number three about, Mm -hmm. saying, you know, don't talk around a problem. Ask specifically for what you need. Give your reason for needing it. Mm -hmm. And stop there. Because they have that teenager habit of giving all the excuses of why they need it. No, don't give me excuses. Just give me the reason. But my friends are playing and blah, 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 blah. That's what number two child does. That is how number two is. Number three will say, well, I had the thing, but then you did the thing. And then, you know, getting into the social uh, grievances of (laughs) (laughs) why the thing is not pertinent or useful or accessible. And I said, no, don't get into all that. Just tell me what you need and why you need it. May I please have access to FaceTime so that I can do this project with my friend. Mm -hmm. It was turned off while they were doing their schoolwork. Usually it's phone access. Mm -hmm. May I please have uh, a chance to go out with my friends because I won't get to see them again later this week or... Right, because otherwise their explanation, all you can say to their explanation of grievances is, yes, that's true. Yes. And did that get you what you wanted? That's like the one where they said, well, my my friend's mom wanted to go to the the drive-thru and then the other drive-thru, but we took the bus, so we had to walk through the drive-thrus, and and I said, that sucks, and it'll suck more if you make it my problem. Yes. Don't tell me all the... Just tell me what you want and how it will benefit you to have it. And you may or may not be able to grant them that. Right. Yeah. And so it was funny to me that when you and I were having this discussion that I was like, oh, yes, by the way, (laughs) just tell me what you need and why you need it. Mm -hmm. If you need for me to stop biting at my fingernail because it is distracting to you and making it difficult for you to continue your conversation with me, that is a valid reason and I will stop biting at my fingernail. Yes. I will be happy to do that. I will probably have a hard time, but I will do my darndest. That's great. Because... So we've solved one problem. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Woohoo! But then, you know, this is just the one illustration of the way that you and I are so different, but so complimentary. 
I get the different part. Remind me of the other end. How, like, if I'm stuck on something, you'll have a different approach. Or if you're cognitively looping on something, I will have different paths to think about. Or Right, right. When I'm trying to figure something out and I catch myself on the second, third, or 51st round of figuring the same thing in the same cycle, I, I say, hey, what do you think about this? And what's your feedback? I think of the train that we put around our Christmas tree mm-hmm. as your train of thought. It's just one little loop that goes in circles and circles and circles. It does. It does. Yes. You know, it's not one of these big train things that, you know, has switches and branches and... Nope. No, there's... You know, every once in a while, probably something switches a track and it goes to the next loop, but that's it. You might have a figure eight if you're lucky. Yeah. Meanwhile, I never backtrack. You'll ask me in bed, we're laying there and you'll say, what are you thinking about? You have about... And I'll give you the whole list of like 10 minutes long list of, well, when I first laid down, I was thinking about this and this, but then that made me think about this. And then I started thinking that made me think about these other two things simultaneously, by the way. And so I was back and forth between these two, but then that made me think of this other thing over here and... Branches. Mm -hmm. You have a loop, I have a tree. Yes, which is why when we're talking about something and I'm thinking about it and you're 12 branches down and I answer you on the same thing, you say, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask you a question and you'll give me the start of an answer. And then I will say something else like completely unrelated two minutes later. And then two minutes after that, you give me the rest of the answer for the first question from five minutes ago. Yes. And I'm like, what does that have to do with the thing I just told you two minutes ago? And you're like, no, it's the thing from five minutes ago. (laughs) Yes, because I'm still on that track. You are. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm curious if your brain has always been like that. Did it always have loopy track or did it ever like have more linear processing? I, I don't think there was linear processing per se because of rumination, which goes along with the depression. Okay. I mean, that that is the first thing that comes to mind in, you know, historically speaking. Okay. So I, I think I've always kind of spent a bunch of time on the same thing. And when you do those different personality and processing and, you know, love languages and all those various personality tests and etc. Pseudo-psychological yes. type tests. I, I fall in the range in one of them as a thinker. And this is a thing a thinker does. They think a lot about whatever the thing they're thinking. <laughs> Yeah. And whereas other uh, people who are social as a primary um, function are doing interacting. Okay. You know, or heading towards it or trying to keep it there. That's interesting to me that you frame it in terms of like extroversion, introversion, thinking versus interacting. Because for me, I'll sit there and overthink things, but I will think out every possible potential outcome. Meanwhile, you're on the worst potential outcome or the one that you can't seem to get a real handle on, and that one will just cycle and cycle. Meanwhile, I will spend the exact same amount of time sitting there stuck in my thoughts, probably equally distressed by them. (laughs) Because instead of being stuck on one, I've come up with all the bad things that could have happened. <laughs> I can come up with a variation on the theme, but probably not get all of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I do know when I see, and this is, you know, since the boy was young or he existed, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm there and I see a hammer laying around, there's no hammer laying around. And the reason is I picked it up and moved it because I know what will happen with the hammer. Mm-hmm. 
And rather than have that loop get started of worrying about what's going to happen when he finds the hammer, I just, you know, take care of that because I know. So I do think about the various bad things, but I do tend to get stuck there. Meanwhile, I'll see the hammer and think, oh, I should get to that when I'm done with the thing I'm already currently doing. But by the time I'm done with the thing I'm currently doing, my brain has already found five other paths to follow. Which is why you've recently explained to number three child that when you ask them to do something, they should not say, I will do that after. Yes. Yes, because you they know have how a little works. bit of that. Yes. yes, they do. Where, you know, they'll say, oh, I'll do that in five minutes or I'll do that when I'm done with, you know, I'll say, okay, go and refill your caged animal's water. Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, I'll do that in, in five minutes, or I'll do that when I'm done with the quiz I'm taking online, or I'll do that when I, you know, finish reading this lesson or... Chatting on the phone or looking at a something. No, either do them simultaneously or set yourself a reminder or go do it right now. Mm-hmm. Something needs to trigger the return to that thought process or it won't return. No, mine won't stop returning and yours won't return. No, that is correct. Yeah. And and number three child has that. I did say to them the other day at the breakfast table, which is a different hour for them than it is for me. (laughs) And I said, I need to tell you to go and pick up that trash in your second room. However, you know where the animal is, but you're not going to remember that I said that. So I'm going to wait till I see you going up the stairs. Which I did, and then they they went in the wrong room anyway. And so then I turned off their phone, and they came out of the wrong room. And went into the right room and fixed the problem. Yes, and then said, can you fix my screen time? Yes. I said, yes, I can. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to um, emphasize that we don't put like moral judgments on these. Like a lot of parents will say, you're a bad person because you didn't X, Y, Z, or you, you know, if you don't think the same as me or process the same as me or do the same as me, then what's wrong with you? And no, we're just like, I will help you do the thing. <laughs> when you are done with the thing, I will be done helping you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm aware and you're aware that people don't think think the same way and have the same process. But it's often easy to forget that with someone you live with, you know, that you have a relationship with, whether it's a partner or your kids or whatever. See, and for me, I find it just the opposite. I'm sure you're shocked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't find it difficult to think everyone in this house thinks different than me, because I actually give a shit what people in this house think. When I'm dealing with strangers in the street, they probably do think different than me, but I don't care enough to invest or engage in that cognitive processing. Meanwhile, in this house, I care enough. And so my brain is going to go through all the branches of the ways you might be interpreting the thing I just said. And before I say the next thing I'm going to say, I'm going to go through all the branches of ways that it might be said and different emphasis on different syllables and different inflections and what's the best way to make sure that it connects with your way of thinking. I'm not going to do that for a stranger. I'm not going to do that for somebody at the office. Well, Well, I might, depending on who it is at the office. But anyway. You you might just ask me. But at the same time, what what I mean is a little different than that in that it's easy to forget when you say, why isn't this thing done? Or, uh, you know. Do I ever say, why isn't the thing done? No. (laughs) Case in point. There you go. I say to myself, why isn't the thing done? And then I remember it's because that person has their focus on these things and does not find this thing important, which is then why I turn off their phone and then they go do the thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I think there's also a, a differentiation to be made between important and urgent. 
Like they might find it important, but they don't find it urgent. They think they, oh yes, I definitely need to get back to that. I definitely need to get back to. They do not think that. If they find it important, they are already doing it. And and any, anything we need done is not important as far as they are concerned. I'm quite certain of that by, by de- as demonstrated by their actions. I'm not entirely convinced of that. I, I can see how you would, would perceive it that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't because I also have some of the same problem where like I will think something is completely and totally important, but it's also not urgent so I can get back to it. And by the time it has become urgent, mm-hmm. then my brain has already gone in 12 different ways and then, oh shit. And that's happened to me more times than I can count that something that I genuinely felt was important didn't get done until it hit urgent. And then I was feeling like shit about it having not gotten done. That's how I know all the little tricks and tips that I try and teach number three. Right. Well, I think I feel more that way because they're they're teenagers and they don't care. Okay, there's that. that. It's that. It's not that they won't care later when they're adults. It's that they do not care right now. Adolescence damages your care-ability Mm-hmm. your facility to care about things mm-hmm. temporarily. And I think you would probably be able to explain all of the neurological and psychological details of why and how, but it is just a fact of adolescence that what you care about shifts for a while. Unless somebody is making you care about it. Mm-hmm. And so over time, if you look historically, you know, things in time have made people of that age care about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they had to do more physical work, they were busy dealing with that and thinking about that. And mm-hmm. and right now, their priorities are very leisurely in our culture. Yes, that is definitely true. Yeah. But even so, with you and well, I... If we should think that they will care, they make it a point to make sure that they, sh- they show that they do not care. <laughs> Which is just adolescence. Again. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's 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 always amusing to me when they are clearly doing things under protest because that is so teenagerly, and they both do it. And that's one of those things that number two does that we're like, okay, that's annoying, but it's age appropriate. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is true. So for you and I, though, like I remember when you and I were living at the house way north when we first moved in together before we got married. Mm -hmm. And you told me once that you would ask yourself, why on earth did Jess do the thing? Mm -hmm. And that you would have to slow down and back up from your prior relational PTSD and say, Jess is a good person. Jess is not trying to make me upset about not having the thing done. Mm -hmm. Jess just didn't get the thing done yet. Or Jess just does things a different way. Mm -hmm. Or like you had to talk yourself through this because otherwise... That's what you would ruminate on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it w- like it wasn't a question to you as to why would the bag of garbage be in your way on your way out the door. You'd just go around it. Whereas I think there's garbage here. It must need to go to the trash, right? Meanwhile, I would think there is a plastic bag here. It might have garbage. It might have I don't even know what, but somebody put it there for a reason. So I'm just going to leave it there until they decide what else they want to do with it. Because that's clearly the wrong place. And they put it there so that they would remember to do something with it. Yes, this is true. (laughs) Well, I think it's good that a number three child has your ability to explain things for them, whether they like it or not. Because um, having someone who understands how your brain is working is helpful in in that process. I I know number zero child has often said, why? 
why has the person done or not done the thing? And I say, that's because they can't remember what they're doing. Or like I have at least somewhat of an ex- explanation of the other way the their brain works. Like for number two child, if he turns his head, he forgets what he's doing. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Meanwhile, number three will forget what they're doing while they're doing it. Yes, they will. But... It has nothing to do with their head being turned. It just not next on the branch. Out, not on the outside. Not on the outside. Correct. Yes. Correct. Some aspect of what they're doing made them think of something else, and now they're thinking of something else. And another thing, and another thing, and another thing. And pretty soon they didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It takes a little longer, and they have a little bit more um, resiliency and adaptability to get it managed. But that's something that you know that we as parents have to keep working and supporting. Yeah, I would think that that would be because of the advantage they have that you or I didn't have of having parental support. What? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like number zero will often say, why doesn't or why didn't? And like number zero gets really hung up on the fact that they had it really hard and these kids have it really fucking easy. Mm -hmm. And they still can't be bothered to do a damn thing that they're supposed to. Whereas what I found is the more advantages children have, the less they are motivated to do things that need to be done. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Because it doesn't matter to them. Right. And I mean, it's interesting. When I was teaching gifted students, it was funny to me. Like there would be some who were clearly coming from privilege and were also clearly motivated to accomplish. Mm -hmm. But then there were also the ones who knew that they would be just fine either way. And so they're just going to coast. Mm-hmm. So I think that's not a hard and fast rule, but I also think that it is a general pattern. It's a trend. Yeah, it's not. I mean, there. I don't think there are hard and fast rules, but um, I think in our day and age and in our, our culture, it is typical. Now, do you think that any of that is related gender-wise? Like the way that we interact with our or other people's gender related to our ways that we process our own thoughts. I know the other day, our Jesus friend was talking to me about when he and his wife go to the store and he'll wander around looking at things. He's retired, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and she wants to get things and get out. And they, he said he finally learned to ask, now, is this a like a seek and destroy mission or is it more relaxed? So mm-hmm. that he would find out if he could wander around or if that was going to cause trouble, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I told him that you and I were figuring out some of these pieces of of communication. And he said, it's interesting to him that that we seem to be in that male-female communication pattern or trying to understand that. And and I was trying, I was thinking about that of, is it that or is this a thing that married people trying to communicate do? Well, that's interesting because typically, if we think in gendered communication patterns, women are usually the ones who are all about subtext. Mm-hmm. And, and for, in regards to subtext, th- that would go back to your question about gender mm-hmm. type thinking, is that I was trained in a culture of subtext talk. Yes. I was in, in the camp of female gender learning subtext for my whole life. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the subtext culture. Okay. And you did not because autism. Well... You weren't paying attention to that. No, That's not I was something, not. And yeah. like... 
I don't recall being raised with a bunch of sub like you've met my aunt and you've met some other members of my family. You haven't, I mean, my parents passed away before we ever met, but like, these are the people who are like the people who raised me. Mm-hmm. And they're not huge t- subtext people either, Mm-mm. even the women. Mm-mm. I don't know how they are. I mean, I haven't listened to their conversations with lots of other people, but but I can see the trend there. Yeah. You know, of, of not being like that. Whereas my parents' family and my mother's family were like that. There was a lot of it. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I find that interesting that our Jesus friend perceived that as a heteronormative issue, even though we are kind of backwards in our heteronormative presentations in this respect. I think the the trigger point for him was the needing to verify communications. Okay. And and to many men of certain ages and, and probably, you know, younger ones too, raised in that culture, they don't understand what the other half is thinking. And so there's a, if you have a desire to communicate, you have to learn uh, that what you're saying is not necessarily a communication. You may have to say more. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I think I see what you're saying. I think I might be missing subtext. <laughs> <laughs> You'll figure it out, and then you'll ask me questions later. Men have to remember to make more words. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and not to just assume that because they're going to the store with you that they can do whatever they want. Okay, but I don't see how that applies to our communication style, like how he said that you and I were falling into heteronormative tropes. Well, I wasn't sure about that either. That's why I had to think about it a lot. (laughs) I thought I can see some of that. Okay. But I was trying to see the rest, and we were in some other conversation by then, so okay. I didn't ask him more. Also, he he's been having trouble sleeping, and and so he was not a, not very grounded, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I, I felt like I'd be grilling. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah, to you try don't to push something, about that. When, when, you know, mm-hmm. we're just trying to hang out, right? Get some dirt for the garden. That garden's looking pretty good. Yeah, and well, and he has a truck, and so that's always a good excuse to go make a plan to do a thing and hang out. There you go. Yeah, which is a very gendered thing. Guys hang out to to go do a thing. Yeah, I mean, we have gone to just coffee and hung out, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, again, I find interesting because your Jesus friend actually has a number of non-heteronormative ways of communicating to the point where a lot of people have wondered if he is heteronormative, if he is straight, if he is cis, if he is fully masculine. He's he's become aware of that over the years, and mm -hmm. he is very, very heteronormative. He is very straight, he is very cis, but he's also very communicative and sensitive. Yes, he is more sensitive. Uh, he said he, you know, out of the relationship, he's the more sensitive. Ed. So maybe, well, so that makes it even more interesting perspective. You know, he listens to us, so we'll probably converse about this some more. There you go. He and I, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. So is there anything else about our communication styles and gender between us and our brain patterns and... I don't know. You've got the branches. I'm I'm still on the first few loops here. Which loop so. are you on still? Um, thinking about the gendered communication patterns mm-hmm. and how that would apply. I, I don't think I can solve that mystery without more conversation with uh, the original conversation. Right. Going back to the conversation with him. With, with him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there we are. Could be that we're, ours are similar. His and mine, in that you tend to do things uh, more like a male style, Uh and his wife tends to process 
emotions that way. I don't know. Could be something know. like that. I don't know. It could be. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you will figure it out. Maybe. Or I'll think I did anyway. You'll talk to him and he might have figured it out. Mm-hmm. Something will get figured out somewhere, somehow. You know, if we want to understand this cisgendered thinking thing, we might have to talk to the cisgendered people about it because we don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how to verbally express the face I'm making right now. It's some combination, I think, of what incredulity and disgust. <laughs> well, the, the ones we know are okay, so there probably are other good ones. I guess. Okay. If we have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're silly. Uh, so is that it for now? That's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Try again. Hi! Hi there. Long time no see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. It's picking up now. Well, it said these were different on top before. That's yes. That's why I something was stuck. Changed it. Yes. Okay. That's why I closed it and re- reopened it. Yes. Are we ready? Yes. Hi, I'm Jess. That you're, you're going to have to slide the whole thing this I way. I am. Yeah, because you're going to keep doing it. Careful, the buttons right there. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. There you go. Now you'll stop smashing the computer. I might. You might. Yes, this is true. You might.